My dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron, and my dad, Don. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's episode 292 now of the Ron and Don Show. And as usual, we are live from the Les Hop Studio. What is up, Ron and Don? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, uh, the Frito-Lay workers are on strike, and they don't want you eating the chips. Uh, We'll tell you why. My son says chips, and my sister, Beth, makes fun of my son saying chips. Daddy can have some chips. Anyway, anytime Aunt Beth calls. <laughs> and she calls my son Gunner Gloves because uh, because of his boxing. Does Gunner Gloves want some chips? <laughs> little inside family humor for you. So uh, we'll get to the Dorito Frito-Lay story here in a moment. Uh, also, I think this is really interesting. LinkedIn did a study, and they asked people that were 50 years and older what advice would they give to their 20-year-old self who is just starting out in life or business or being an entrepreneur or looking for a job or going to school? And they said the same theme kept coming up over and over and over again. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Uh, Ron didn't like Richard Branson going to space, and now he really doesn't like Jeff going to space and his brother. What's going on here? I, I don't know. Did, have you, did you watch any of the coverage of Jeff Bezos going to space? I did, yeah. So first of who, all... Who had cooler suits? Um, well, that's all part of it. So let me, let me just... Uh, oh, 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 okay, okay. First of all, can we just agree that... I'm not going to... You can put commentary on it if you want. Jeff Bezos built some giant balls in the middle of downtown Seattle and the most phallic looking rocket ever (laughs) beyond like Sputnik or the Russians or the United States. There's never been a more phallic rocket than the blue origin rocket. (laughs) If you put those, I don't know what is going on, (laughs) but like what is going on? So just like file that wherever you want to file that. Okay. So I'm trying, so I I get that you, people are proud of their hobbies. Mm -hmm. All right. So this is a Jeff Bezos hobby. He has spent billions of dollars on this hobby and he created this event. um, And I'm trying to put this into a context of why it irked me so much. I know people at Amazon that have been stiffed by Amazon and various business dealings where they are so ruthless they are so exacting on on efficiencies, and, and you know we we've, we've seen the stories about the union busting. Uh, we've seen the stories about you know people having to wear this pedometer uh, so that they can track the number of packages that they will fulfill and orders they'll fulfill in a given hour. And if you dip below a certain level, your supervisor steps in and they will you know put the spurs to these workers in these factories everywhere. Uh, we've seen the stories about the drivers and how many pat like I- I've saw I've seen Amazon drivers pull up to our building at like eleven o'clock on a Sunday night so that they can get their orders in in a given day. So there's this ruthlessness that has made Amazon the one of the most valuable companies on the planet, uh, and I still use it a lot. So I- I- I'm I'm not I'm saying that I don't use it because I do use it, but then you have Jeff Bezos 
making this into an event where nobody's asking it to be an event. It's not Neil Armstrong landing on the moon. It's a billionaire taking his brother on an 11 minute joyride. And so there's this made for TV event and he pulls out this ridiculous cowboy hat and they have interviews afterwards. Like anyone wants to interview him. Um, they're popping champagne bottles. Like they won the super bowl. Uh, it, 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 it was so distasteful to me. Mm. And there, there's no context as of why. You didn't like his speech when he said uh, he wanted to thank everyone that shopped at Amazon and everyone that worked at Amazon. Because you paid for this? Because he said you paid for this. Yeah, yeah. talk about the, the most uh, a person that doesn't understand any sort of context and no self-awareness at all. Because he cashes in a billion dollars in Amazon stock every, every, every year. Every, every year. To yeah, and so you, to me, especially if I was a, a, a person of color, uh, I would look at this like, look at these just rich white people in this self-congratulatory made-for-TV event with no awareness whatsoever mm. of what a billion dollars could mean to different communities per year. And like it's sort of like, why are you doing this? What What is the point of taking an 11-minute flight into space on a giant phallic symbol. Yeah, what's let, the point? Let me ask you this: When you when because they maybe all, there is a point. They've all done it now. Do you, do you look at Elon Musk? Do you look at Bezos? Do you look at Richard Branson? Because because they're all doing this. Uh, I look at Musk differently because he have actually, they done it differently? Do you think? Well, he's sending. He's doing space work. Like he's launched satellites. Has Blue Origin launched any satellites? Maybe they have. I don't know. I don't think that Virgin that, no. Virgin Galactic has launched any. Satellites. Everybody's just been working on the reparkable rocket. That 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 right. And Bezos has been focused on that. Musk has been focused on that. And the cool thing about Musk, well, Musk is, has launched payloads yeah, into space. He's also willing to share technology. And I'll, I'll give you an example. One of the reasons why people are hesitant to buy electric cars, and I've been looking at buying an electric car right now, is because if you don't have it, there's twenty five thousand Tesla charging stations around the country. And people that I know that don't know hybrids, but just a, in a regular electric car, they, they, they said, if you get an electric car, like the Leaf, for instance, that can only go 200 miles, the more expensive the car, the farther the car can go because they add motors to it, right? So the really nice Tesla that goes 500 miles has three different motors in there. So the interesting thing is Elon Musk just came out this week and said, we are going to share all 25,000 of our charging stations with everybody out there that's building electric cars. We want to share the, the safety of the Tesla, and we want to share the technology. And it's interesting because he's also said in the things that they're discovering in space uh, that he is willing to do that also to share share the technology. It's we don't it, see that. We don't see that with Richard Branson, and certainly not with with Jeff Bezos. The Jeff Bezos it just seemed entirely tone deaf and self congratulatory. And like, if you want to take a trip with your brother for a billion dollars, I don't care. I don't need a news event for it. I don't need you to create a fake press conference and wear a stupid cowboy hat that doesn't fit and have like popping champagne balls. Like you, you didn't win the Super Bowl. Yeah. You're, you're a very rich guy that d doesn't is not in touch with reality. So let me let me ask you this. He just left. He's stepping down now uh, from heading Amazon. And I guess there's 12 principles that he created when he built the business. And he just added two in his final letter uh, to people within the company and to investors. 
And he said, these two new principles are one success and scale bring broad responsibility. So he basically goes on and says, Hey, we started in a garage, uh, but we have to make sure as leaders that we leave the planet better than we found it. And then I thought this was really interesting. He said, strive to be the earth's earth's best employer. He said, in quote, leaders work every day to create safer, more productive, higher performance, more diverse, and more uh, better work environment. This principle is important. He goes on to talk about how leaders can better empower employees and concludes leaders have a vision for and commitment to their employees, personal success, whether that be at Amazon or elsewhere. And then he goes on to say, despite having what we've accomplished, it's clear to me that we need to have a better vision for our employees' success. And then he walked out the door. <laughs> I think that tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> See you on the other side of this. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, you guys, I don't know about you, but it's almost summertime, and that means it's time to hit the road. And we love family road trips at my house, and I bet you love family road trips too. And don't forget, Les Schwab right now, before you hit the road, stop by Les Schwab Tire Center. Make sure your alignment's straight, your brakes are going to break, your shocks are going to mm, not shock you, and also your wheels and tires, that they're ready to go. And right now, Ron, some big savings at Les Schwab, right? Yeah, that's right. You can save up to $200 when you bundle select tires, brakes, and shocks, as well as get, as well as get a free pre-trip safety check. Limited time offer while supplies last. Discount applies to a set of four select tires and depends on tire size and type. Cannot combine with other offers. Details at lesschwab.com slash sale. You can schedule that free pre-trip safety check at lesschwab.com or just stop by Les Schwab Tires. Les Schwab Tires doing the right thing matters. I would definitely recommend working with Ron and Don. Completely satisfied. 100% guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> if you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll. Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Byron. Hi, I'm Ollie. Hi, I'm Emmy. We are Team Greenland, and we sat, sat down, down with Ron, Ron and Don. Don. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, we talked about pricing. We talked about staging. We talked about location, about what the market was like. He gave us so much information. We would have a game plan and there'd be a team helping us and we went for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks to Ron and Don, we got the house of our dreams under asking price, which just does not happen in this market. And we could not be happier. And we wouldn't have been able to be where we're at in terms of buying and renovating a house without his expertise and support. Uh, we got an offer, I think day one, that was twenty-five to 50000 over asking. I'm like telling my wife, don't you think we should take this? And she's like, no, we're sticking to this. We're going to wait till that offer review, review date, like Ron and Don said, waited till offer review date. And we had like seven or eight more offers and an offer a 100000 over asking. With Ron and Don, you get two great minds that perfectly complement each other. You get the data and analytics, you get the creativity, the drive, and the energy. They are, they are the complete package. If someone asked me, in fact, someone did ask me uh, recently how we sold our house so fast, and I said, well, we had a great realtor team, 
and that makes all the difference. Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at runanddonsitdown.com. Thanks for listening to The Ron and Don Show. Please hit subscribe. All right, you guys, welcome back to The Ron and Don Show. And as you just heard, we are live from the Les Schwab Studios. We are licensed brokers also at Windermere. If you need us, reach out. Just reach out to Ron. Ron at Windermere.com. That we can send you one of our new buyer's playbooks or seller's playbooks. And uh, let's go shopping. And uh, we have a great team member and our friend Therese. And uh, if you want to go shopping, she's a great buyer's agent. She's a specialist. You just reach out to us, ronanddonsitdown.com, or you can reach Ron direct, directly, ron at windermere.com. I, I get I get kind of caught up in these BuzzFeed uh, LinkedIn polls because it's people that are you know jumping out on these message boards, and some of the conversations that they're having – in real time, I find to be uh, really valuable, you guys. Uh, and in fact, sometimes I, I'll jump on a Reddit page, and I remember my early days of really trying to change my diet and uh, and really focus on health and and not drinking those types of things. You can go out on Reddit and you can say, and you can look for people that are making the same decisions and it's day 13 and you can go to day 13 on Reddit and you're, you're in a chat room and you're just all talking about the cool things you're finding out, the things you're able to do, uh, the things that you're still struggling with. And it's a really cool way uh, for people to become friends and support each other. So anyway, Lincoln sent out a question and Ron, I want to ask you the question. Uh, They sent out a question and just said, Hey, we, we notice that people that are founders, that are founders, and I like that people are beginning to use, use the word founders and not owners, right, in the NFL, or owners. What is it you own? You own your workforce, mostly white owners and mostly black players, owners. We're hearing the word founders a lot more, and they say the average age of the average founder who's creating a new business is 47 years old, and they say sometimes to be a founder, it's important to be in the workforce for a while and to get educated because there's only so many things that you can learn from books, right? And sometimes you just got to get out there in the real world. They've asked some of the founders now, knowing what you know now is a 47-year-old founder, 50 years, 52 years old, whatever that is, what would you go back and tell yourself when you were 20? Ron, I'm going to ask you because you're around 47, a couple of years older maybe at this point. What advice would you give your 20-year-old self? Um, relax. Like, re- figure out a way to relax. Give yourself a break. Like, uh, that would be my number one thing. To, like, at 20, it was just so, uh, such a grinder mentality um, that I would have, I put so much pressure. I think you and I both put too much pressure on ourselves it, it it's hard it's a chicken and egg things it's like well would you have had the results that you've had if you didn't put that pressure on you and it's like i probably probably pretty close like there were many times where it's like yeah, you could have taken the foot off the gas sometimes and just learned how to enjoy the ride more what, what about you what would you tell your 20 year old self uh grind more <laughs> Work harder, have more jobs. All right. Really get in there and overcommit. 
Okay. Yeah. Overcommit to a lot of things. Good for you. Yeah. And and do a lot of things poorly or just kind of be okay at them. So that's what I tell myself. Uh, anyway, I think this is very interesting. They say, uh, let me get to the survey here. They said the resulting thread was a goldmine of useful advice. Some of the tips were quirky and personal. Uh, someone said get tested for ADHD earlier. Uh, be be very aware of reply all. <laughs> exactly. We have people reply all. I've replied all sometimes in the office, and you're like, ooh. Uh, also, uh, enjoy pizza. Believe in yourself. Don't procrastinate. And uh, do things that are inspirational, more inspirational than actionable. But then they said among all the device, uh, the advice that they had, they said this kept coming in again and again and again. That action beats deliberation. They said the first person to make this point was executive coach Tracy Wilk. He said careers are long. There's no need for a mad rush to find the ideal job. The first part, the 10 plus years of your career, is about testing multiple jobs and understanding what you like and dislike, what you're good at, what you're bad at. Uh, Hireproof co-founder Max Corferin, he jumped in with a similar message. He said, don't spend so much time planning and researching the perfect career path. You don't know what it's like to work anyway. Aggressively explore different options, but enjoy those options. Find things that are interesting that you want to learn, and you'll uh, don't worry about being on the perfect path immediately. Uh, and then they went on to say that uh, a bit later, Dolly Bonron offered a similar sentiment. He said, "Simply, simply start. Don't wait to just know more. Don't wait for the perfect job. Don't wait for perfection." Just kind of jump in, enjoy it, and start learning and understand again that this doesn't have to be your perfect job and you don't have to arrive tomorrow or even 10 years into the future. So, uh, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I I agree with that. I wish there was... um, The problem with being 20 is that you wouldn't listen to yourself when you're older. Like, I, I wouldn't listen to... I mean, you say that you're going to listen to people, but you don't really know what you don't know. At least, at least in my case, like maybe there are 20 year olds that are much wiser than me, but I mean, that's the, maybe that's the implied kernel of this whole thing is when you're 20, you think you got it all figured out. And then it's not until you're in your forties, you're like, Oh, I don't know anything. Yeah. Like, I, I have no idea what's going on. And so, I mean, that to me is the Achilles heel on this is like, even if I could time travel and go back to my 20 year old self, yeah, I probably wouldn't listen. I'd be like, whatever, old man. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> like, I wouldn't listen to myself. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I, I mentor a young man that's in his twenties. And I said, one of the parts of this mentorship is that we're going to, we're going to read. If you ask my son, uh, Gunnar O'Neill, you ask him why we read, he'll say, daddy, it's to lead. You got to read to lead. And so I said, we can read any, and I read a book right now with my son. And I told this young man that I was mentoring, I said, I'll, and I did this going all the way back when I was big brother. I said, if, if, if you're not willing to read, I'm not going to be a big brother. If you're not willing to read, I'm not willing to mentor you. I've told my son, if you're not willing to read, I will not be your dad. That's Perfect. <laughs> you're, you're, you're out. So Charlie, the same thing. He's become a voracious uh, reader, Charlie, the dog. So, so anyway, he said, well, I don't, I don't have time. I have all this stuff going on and I don't have time to read. I said, well, if you don't have time to read, you don't have time to lead and you don't have time to be mentored by me. So I said, 
we're done. And we had already picked a book. I had read the book and he didn't even get to the first page of the book. At least he was honest. Uh, probably six months went by. And then he sent me a picture and the book was open. The highlighter was out and he had highlighted some things in the book. He had just got done with the book and he said, I'm ready to lead. And I was like, wow, that is pretty freaking awesome. And we've been reading and leading uh, ever since. Pretty cool. See you on the other side of this. Hi, everyone. My name is Therese, and I am a new team member with Ron and Don. When you are ready to buy a new home, I am a buyer specialist. Just reach out, and we will send a buyer's playbook that the guys wrote just for you. Go to ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Again, we are licensed brokers at Windermere. We do something called the Ron and Don Sit Down. So if you want to sit down with us, just go to ronanddonsitdown.com, and we can sit down today and uh, meet you wherever you're at on your real estate journey. If you want to know our books, or buyer's playbook, or seller's playbook, write Ron, Ron at windermere.com. It's an ebook. We wrote it just for you and actually for the other people that we send it to. So we actually wrote it for So don't start thinking you're special, even though you are special. You are. Anyway, we'll send it to you. Write Ron, Ron at windermere.com, and uh, uh, let's do some sitting down today. Uh, the workers at the Frito-Lay factory want you to not... Eat the chips right now. No chips. Uh, they want you to not eat Doritos. And they want you to know that the working conditions at the Frito-Lay plant are absolutely horrible. And they are making demands. And Frito-Lay has come out and said, hey, uh, it's actually a pretty great place to work. And here's all the reasons why. And just like everyone else, we're having a hard time getting people to come back to work. Workers know this. And as we always say, life is leverage, right? You want to read, you're going to lead. You want to lead, you got to read. But also life is about leverage. Life is leverage. My son and I talk about leverage a lot. Ron and I talk about leverage a lot. Our business partners in real estate, we talk about how can we take this home down? What leverage points do we have? And what workers are learning is there's 8 million Americans, uh, at least, because there's 8 million job openings, that have decided that they're not going back to work. And some of these people, like the folks at the Frito-Lay factory, are saying, yeah, we're going to go back to work. But before we go back to work, we got a list of demands. And even if you think they're ridiculous, uh, we're going to list them. President Joe Biden last week said, hey, if you're in the service industry, if you're in the service industry or the hospitality industry, it's going to be a bumpy road here for a while. And he said, because people have pivoted and figured out other things that they want to do. I don't think that's true. I think people have been sitting at home. They've been receiving money. Some of them have sat on that money. They saved that money. Maybe they learned to live differently. Maybe they moved back into their mom's dad's basement, whatever that is. And then I don't think, as Ron said last week, beautifully, I don't think you can just flip a switch and say, hey, 8 million people get back to work. We've all been to restaurants where our servers there are struggling. Uh, and I don't know about you, but I carry $5 bills in my pocket. And whether I go... And uh, whether I go to a Starbucks or whether I go to a Starbucks or whether I go to Starbucks, because I drink a lot of coffee at Starbucks, I try to give a $5 tip where before the pandemic, I give a $1 tip because those guys are in there and they're working so hard. And I'm so appreciative that those that those workers are there. So, Ron, do you agree with the president? He just said, hey, we're going to be struggling here for a bit. 
and and people have pivoted and done other things. Or do you think people aren't pivoting and doing other things? They're just like, yeah, I don't want to be a barista at Starbucks. Yeah, I don't want to make chips at Frito-Lay. I'm not doing anything else. And at the end of the day, I'm kind of sitting here on a pile of money. I got a lot of government uh, stimulus. And when that runs out, heck, Democrats are in charge right now. So I'll probably continue to get some government stimulus. I don't know. I look at this a little bit differently because I think about the way the market works in in America. So Frito-Lay, which is owned by Pepsi, they feel beholden to their shareholders. So the the way business is set up right now in America to oversimplify is if you're a public company, you um, want your stock price to go up because you feel an obligation, at least the management feels an obligation to your shareholders. And so you, but you also need to make a product that people like. So here you have uh, people uh, staying home for a pandemic. They want comfort food. They go out and start, they start eating more chips than normal. So Frito-Lay is like, this is great. That's what we do. We're in the chip business. So we want more chip sales. So they go to the factory manager. We need more chips. Factory manager is like, hey, I don't have enough people to work. We can't make that many chips. And so the manager says, we don't care. We need more chips. Offer people overtime. Okay, we'll see what happens. So they go to the factory. Hey, everybody, anybody want overtime? So then people start taking overtime so they can make a little more money. And they keep ratcheting that up. Work more overtime. We need, we can't meet the demand for chips right now. Chips. 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 So th- you have this demand. All the while, that's being funneled to the upper tier and then back into the market. So you have people that own PepsiCo stock or Frito-Lay stock, and they see that tick up. They're pleased. And they don't really, they're disconnected from these workers that are actually working sick, averaging 60 to 80 hour weeks mm. at this chip factory. So, I, and we've seen this with the GameStop thing that happened as well. What would happen if we think about this in a different way? If we said, instead of just being in Amazon, we talked earlier in a different show, just being beholden to our shareholders, what if we were beholden to our workers? What if in addition to saying we want that hedge fund guy to make a lot of money or we want the individual stockholder to make a nice dividend, what if we said, wow, if you're working 65 hours a week making chips, maybe you get some of this upside. Maybe we say, hey, hey, factory workers, we're just not going to require you to work an overtime shift. Um, and they call them suicide shifts where someone will work um, a, a regular shift do four hours of overtime and then get eight hours off. And they have to be back in at a 3 a.m. shift where the shift starts at 3 a.m. So maybe if you're working those suicide shifts, you get an extra, like make it worth their while. You're going to get an extra thousand dollars. Maybe you get a share of stock. Maybe you have some sort of incentive beyond aren't you lucky to have a job, which is sort of how we've approached it so far in this country. Hey, you're lucky to be working. You're lucky to get minimum wage. Uh, I, I think there's room right now, especially when you see someone like Jeff Bezos make hundreds of billions of dollars personally um, to spread the wealth around a little bit. So I, I don't know. I'm interested to get what see what your response would be uh, to to the idea of saying let's incentivize the workers by money. And I always remember what the Graz said to us a long time ago 
when we were uh, just getting started in radio. The, the Gross, Gross from Sports Radio. Yeah. From Sports Radio. When, when sales executives would come and ask him if he was willing to do a trade. So, hey, would you trade out um, your talent fee for a new hot tub, let's say? And he says, yes, I'm willing to trade. I will trade my time and audience and talent for cash. <laughs> that, that's that's what I want to trade. Yeah, and so uh, I think that these workers are, are having the same thing. We will trade our time for you, but we want cash and we want decent working conditions. Like I don't know, an air conditioner. Yeah. Would would I? When I was younger, I had a lot of judgment on people who didn't work because I've always worked a lot and I and I've worked multiple jobs and I still do. Like even today, I've been up since five. And, you know, being a dad, I have multiple projects going on. I put a steel beam in over at a house. Actually, the crane put the steel beam in. Uh, I had seven guys that are working on another project today. So I was out working with them and getting lunch. And we're here now. And I'm watching Charlie lick his... What are you doing down there? Uh, we're here recording. We record our three podcasts together. So I was hungry and I watched, walked into the Metropolitan Market and I was walking out. And there was a guy who looked... He, he he looked like he was in a lot better shape than I was because I had dirt all over my face and I I I was over putting this beam in on the on this project and then I've been out trimming trees and just in landscaping just so so and I and I enjoy the work I I enjoy it so he 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 looked at me and he said hey when when you come back out of the store can you bring me some change and help a brother out and I immediately got angry with that and I've been working about not being angry about that and I immediately got judgmental about it. Uh, and, and, and what I've usually done is I don't give people money. I give them food. And when you offer to get people food, uh, sometimes they take it. Many times they don't, especially when you're taking heroin, you're not hungry. Uh, so I was a little pissed off at myself cause I came out and I just, I ignored him and I was kind of mad at him. Right. And, and that's a, that's an old part of me, that old bootstrap part of me. That's like, Hey, you know what? It's it's not your responsibility to judge someone for where they're at in life. And I immediately thought about that eight million number, and I'm like, and then I thought about the restaurant I was at the other night, and they had to shut early, or I went was at Zeke's Pizza, and they had to close the kitchen because they didn't have anyone there to make the pizza. And I and and I I was that's what was running in my mind. Well, you could go make uh, pizzas at Zeke's Pizza, right? And 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 so I was a little shocked by my my reaction to that, and it, it just kind of told me that I still have a lot of work to do. I think that's fair. Yeah, and that right. I like Zeke's pizza a lot. And uh, let's go buy some chips. <laughs> hey, you guys. Thanks for stopping by the Ron and Dodd Show. We really appreciate you live from the Les Schwab Studios. Don't forget, if you need us, just reach out. Go to ronandonsitdown.com, and you can find us on our social channels, too. I think they're all listed there. You can find us on Facebook, and I know Ron spends a lot of time on Instagram, too, all right? If you're starting that real estate journey, if you just have some questions and you want to sit down with us, we'd love to do it. ronandonsitdown.com. You can also get signed up for The Nation News. I think over 7,000 people now signed up for The Nation News. So we just send you one mailer a week. It's not like the other guys that send you nine mailers a day. Room and board. Stop it! I have the couch. I don't need another couch. The chair I don't have, but stop drifting me on the couch. Deliver the chair. Room and board. What is going on with that drip feed? You buy one piece of furniture, it's on its own drip feed, and then another and another, they're all on different.
Anyway, uh, hey, you guys, keep your head up, your shoulders back, and be careful about buying chairs from Rune Boar that don't get delivered, but couches do, and then you're on the trip Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Ron and Don Show. Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Keep your head up and your shoulders back, and we'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network.